Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder. My name is Avid Khan and I talk about bootstrapping, entrepreneurship and building in public. Today, we will dive into the mistakes commonly made by early stage founders when it comes to planning and scoping their products. Before we get to that, let me quickly thank the sponsor of this episode, Acquire.com. More on that later. Now, let's dive in. Let's talk about planning fallacies for bootstrap founders, for entrepreneurs of all kinds. As a founder, especially if you're starting a business alone, if you're a solopreneur, planning is important. But you kind of have to get that planning right. And there are a few common mistakes to avoid here when you're developing your strategy for a bootstrap business. One mistake that I find a lot is spending too much time building your MVP, the minimum viable product. This is probably the most common one that I see. And it's easy to lose track of when to stop adding features and start getting honest feedback from real users. Too often, first-time founders build MVPs with more features than version 4.0 of their competitors' long-running products. It's not an MVP anymore, because an MVP is supposed to be lean and incomplete. It's the bare-bones version of the thing you want to end up building, not the entire thing. Yet we forget this when we're in the trenches of building the thing. And this is especially true for those of us with a software development background. That's where I come from too. I've built MVPs that are way too huge. We train to polish features before they're released. That's our job. And deploying a mostly done version of a product feels wrong to someone who's worked in this field for any length of time. You have to do some unlearning here. And that's exactly what we need to do. As a bootstrap founder, it is super crucial not to overscope your MVP and leave room for customer feedback and then turn that into a meaningful product. When in doubt, remember that your MVP needs the following capacities and capabilities and not much more. It's a really simple list that you can use for anything you're building. Users need to be able to log in. They need to be able to solve their most pressing problem, the critical problem that you're trying to solve. They need to be able to pay for your service because it's supposed to be a business. And they need to be able to reach you for feedback and questions. That's all. Anything beyond that is not an MVP anymore. It's additional features, additional capacities. You don't need that for your MVP. You need that later, but you don't need it for the early stage thing that you're building. So when you're planning what to build, drop anything that doesn't fit into this list of four things. Defer those things to a stage when you've established communication paths with your prospective customers. You will need their feedback to build these more advanced features. But for the MVP, stay lean. Just bare bones. It's hard. It's hard for you if you're coming from a technical background or just if you like planning, not to plan all of these things. I'm quite aware of that. But you need to keep it to this really confined number of things. It needs to be constrained a lot because otherwise you're just going to spend months, if not years, building a thing that then you have to change almost everything about once it comes into contact with actual people that want to use it. Hence MVP, because it's about the viability the minimum viability, not the maximum variability of, in terms of features, but the minimum viability of that particular product. Another fallacy that new founders often fall into 
is thinking that they don't need to generate revenue immediately, right? We talked about the product side. Now let's talk about the business side. People read entrepreneurial books about dominating the market and they feel that if they can just get enough users, critical mass, money will come in eventually. And that may be true for some kinds of businesses, but if you're bootstrapping, if you're using your own money, the top priority should be generating income that sustains the business as soon as possible. This is really important. And I often see people express revenue purism here, which is a problem. They believe that their business should be making money in one particular way and no other. And I kind of get it, right? It's great to have recurring customers, but reaching profitability might require selling lifetime access deals or using other non-traditional methods. Purism is saying that I'm only going to take money in this particular way and no other, right? It's a SaaS, it's supposed to be recurring revenue, and I'm not going to do anything else to make money. That's problematic. Don't get caught up in the idea that your business must only generate monthly recurring revenue. Just because your software founder heroes all have MRR doesn't mean it's the only way for you. We're currently experiencing a world that is riddled with subscription fatigue. Maybe a one-time sale is a welcome alternative that will actually get you more customers into your business than chasing MRR because everybody else seems to have it. A lot of founders, and I recently talked to Danny Postma on this very show, they are kind of shying away from MRR. And um, it's not just Danny. Luis Pereira was on the show too, and he was also talking about like putting his money up front and maybe making making sales on like lifetime things. And there's another one, Tony Dean, and I explicitly talked to him about this on this show. He said that most of his products are pay-once-use-forever products, even though he could potentially turn them into kind of subscription-based products, but he doesn't because if there are barely any expenses for these kind of products, and he's building, he's been building things that don't have much cost or don't incur much cost in terms of like server side stuff, he doesn't feel like it's a good idea to ask people to pay monthly if there are no expenses on his side. So it is a way to make money and to make recurring money by just having more customers buying the thing to not just chase MRR, but look at alternatives. And if you want something in between, there's obviously the yearly plan, right? The annual plan where people pay for 12 months in advance, 12 times or 10 times, 11 times the what you pay for monthly. And you can take this as, an, as money that you can invest into your business and build something out of it. So MRR is not the only way to monetize. That purism can actually bite you because people are fed up with having yet another subscription. And Bootstrapping in itself has a kind of purism attached to it. So be open to various funding options. Bootstrapping, like customer-funded businesses, well, that's ideal because these businesses don't cause alignment issues between where the money comes from and where it goes. But accelerators and venture funds focused on bootstrappers can actually provide valuable resources beyond just the money. So don't limit yourself by refusing to even consider alternative funding avenues when you plan your business. The mentor networks and the potential cash injections that these organizations offer can give you a significant advantage without diluting your vision and agency in your business. Purism is always problematic in entrepreneurship. So when you're planning your journey, build flexibility into your approach. When it comes to how you make money, where you get money, and just how pure your bootstrap business is. Because it doesn't have to be. It just needs to be profitable. Here's another trap. The phrase, if you build a good product, people will buy it. 
that's not how it works. This is kind of the build it and they will come mindset. And that's why many businesses fail from the start. In bootstrap entrepreneurship, success comes, sure, from distribution, but it also comes from validation. Keeping an open mind while trying to find validation and avoiding perfectionism when you found a demand signal is paramount to success. Building a business based on an unvalidated assumption is risky. And most business ideas are just that. They're assumptions that someone out there probably needs the product that you envisioned building, but that's most of the time just really wishful thinking. Instead, focus on understanding who you want to sell to and then what their needs are. That's kind of what embedded entrepreneurship is, right? This approach to go into communities and figuring out who they are, what they need, and what they have a budget for. That can help you. And this will help you create a product that has been validated at every step along the way. You know that there are people out there who have real problems that need solving. They are looking for solutions and they have a budget to pay for them because they're already paying for something that may or may not work. If your planning doesn't involve checking for these signals, you're skipping too many steps. So how do you do it? Well, you find locations where you can observe your target customers and learn how to make their lives easier by learning what makes their lives hard. By knowing where they are and what they talk about, what they complain about, what their problems are, stated or unstated, you can identify a good problem to solve. And this leads to a helpful solution that you can create for them and often with them because you're in their community. You can alpha test it with them. You can see how they react to it. Being part of your customers' water cooler communities should be a high priority item for you, even in the planning stage. Like you should go as far as making a point of planning to finding your customer communities before you even start building. And finally, a personal note here from experience. Consider involving your life partner, your family, or friends in your business planning. Bootstrapping a business is hard work and it takes a lot of time and effort. You'll feel that yourself, and the people around you will feel it too. If you have a day job, you'll often think about your project during work hours, or even more distracting, during your dinner with the family. It's essential to have support from those around you to maintain mental health, but kind of yours and theirs, and keep your relationships strong and healthy. If you don't involve the important people in your life, you, they, and the business will eventually suffer. This ultimately leads to failure way beyond the scope of just a business. To avoid this, include those you value in your entrepreneurial journey from the start as well. And one last thought, as you're probably feeling a little overwhelmed here from all these things you're supposed to do, having it all figured out before you're starting to execute is impossible. Planning everything is just this infinite push towards tomorrow. It never gets you anywhere, really. You need to be adaptive and fluid in your strategy. And for that, you need tangible things to experiment with and prospective customers to get feedback from. You need to do stuff. So Go and find your people that is doing stuff, hang out where they are, engage with them, also doing stuff, and then start building small things that they can use. From there, you will see your path. And that is a path that I hope, hopefully, will lead to you building and selling your business. And now at the end of this, I want to share a few words from our sponsor, Acquire.com. Imagine this. You're this founder who's built this solid SaaS product. You planned it out, you built it, you acquired customers, and everything is now generating consistent monthly recurring revenue or other kind of revenue. Just it's creating money, right? That's the point. The problem is you're not growing with this business for whatever reason. 
lack of focus, lack of skill, or just plain lack of interest, and you feel stuck. What should you do? Well, the story that I would like to hear at this point is that you buckled down, reignited the fire, got past yourself, and started working on the business rather than just in the business. Right? That's the ideal story. You built this audience you always wanted to build, and you move out of your comfort zone, you do sales or marketing like a pro, and six months down the line, you've tripled your revenue. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, reality is not that simple. And these situations are just different for every single founder who's facing this crossroad. But too many times, this story here ends up being one of complete inaction and stagnation until the business becomes less valuable over time or worse, completely worthless. And if you find yourself here or you think your story is likely headed down a similar road, I offer you the third option. Consider selling your business on acquire.com today, tomorrow, next week. Capitalizing on the value of your time today is a smart move. And Acquire.com is free to list. They've helped hundreds of founders already. Go to try.acquire.com slash Arvid and see for yourself if selling a business is the right option for you today. It's always a good idea to keep that in mind as an option. Planning-wise, this is one of the things that you can plan for, the potential exit. I talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? The exit planning. But that is something that you should do at a point where you have something to sell. And Acquire.com will be a good option for you then. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder today. You can find me on Twitter at Avidkal, A-R-V-I-D-K-H-L. You'll find my books and my Twitter course there too. If you want to support me and this show, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. We recently had 3,000 followers there, which is really, really cool. Get the podcast in your podcast player of choice. We just yesterday or two days ago, I think, had 250,000 downloads for this podcast, which is crazy. And if you feel like helping me get even higher, please leave a five-star rating and a really nice review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. This will really help me end the show, get it in front of more people that can learn something. It I would really, really appreciate it. So thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy planning. Bye-bye.